Well, just, just uh, have a quick look around you, smile at some people, give them a wave, make sure that they feel welcome, let's pray for them. Uh, loving God, we thank you for those people that are around us. We ask, Lord, that your spirit will speak to them this morning. Lord, we uh, thank you that uh, you've brought them to this place at this time, and we ask that your word will uh, give them exactly what they need. Uh, so, Lord, that they can take their next step in faith, their next step walking with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're starting a, a brand new series this week called, <laughs> called Leave the Things Alone. <laughs> All right, it's going to be one of those mornings, isn't it? Um, all natural, and uh, it really comes out of the response of, of uh, what does the Spirit of God ask us to do in, in our everyday life? Because a lot of people come to me and say, Barry, I'm not really sure what God wants me to do. Have you ever asked that question? What does God want me to do? How does God want me to do this thing called life? What, do I have a ministry? Do I have this? Do I have that? And what I want to put to you is that um, that God wants to use every part of our life, every every uh, opportunity that we have in our everyday, in our natural, uh, for the glory of His name. Because sometimes we we start to separate what is spiritual and what is what is physical. And we go, well, the spiritual part of my life happens on a Sunday and then I get on with the rest of my week. Or I don't know if I'm spiritual enough to be used by God in any way in my everyday life. And, and what I want to put to you over this series with the other preachers is simply this, that God wants your natural to be supernatural and your supernatural to be natural. He wants it all to be natural. No supplements required. It's all natural. And so we're going to go on exploring some stories in the book of Acts to start to see how the Spirit of God moved in the early followers of Jesus and how they just got on about the business in their everyday life. And how they just followed the Spirit every moment of every day. And, uh, and then God just did supernatural things in a very natural way. So we're going to start at the very beginning of Acts. Acts chapter 1. And, uh, and we're going from verses 6 uh, to verses 11. And just to put this in a little bit of context for you, uh, Jesus is with his disciples uh, as we enter this story, and he's been with them since the resurrection for about 40 days. We know it's been about 40 days because in verse 3 it says that, that Jesus was hanging out with them for 40 days. It's, it's a mystery, but somehow we, we got it knocked out. And, and so we know that Jesus has been appearing to the disciples for 
40 days. How many disciples? Well, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, over 500 of them. So this is not a joint hallucination. If it is, that's some amazing drugs. So it's not a joint hallucination. What it is, is is Jesus saying, I've raised the... and, and I've raised from the dead and this is what I want you to do. And so he's with them, he's talked to them, he's talking to them about the kingdom of God. And then we we get to this um, passage from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through to 11. He says, So then they met together and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. uh, Sorry, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And the clouds hid him from their sight. They looked intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So here we have Jesus meeting with his disciples and, um, and, and sharing about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God was on about. But the first thing we see is that the disciples still don't get it. I mean, they've seen some crazy stuff. They've seen people raised from the dead. They've seen Jesus come back from the dead. They've seen Jesus heal people, calm storms, feed the 5,000. They've seen it all. And as Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, they still have locked in their mind that it's going to be about a physical renewal of the kingdom of God in Jerusalem. And in the, in the area of Judea. They still don't get it. Which should give you and me great comfort. Because I don't still get it all. Maybe you do, but I, I still struggle from time to time to understand the, the big picture of God. But what we see outlined in this text is the big picture of God is God's job. They're wanting to see God do work and we want to see God do work amongst us and in our families and in our communities. We want to see God do amazing things. But what we see here is that it is God's timing doing it God's way, not our timing doing it the way that we think we should be doing it. How many of us get caught up trying to do it our way in our strength, thinking that we're doing God's thing? 
how many of us battle with knowing that we're doing something wrong, yet try to fix it in our own strength. And what we see here is Jesus giving them a a clear understanding that it's God's way in God's time by God's power. And if you want to live a life that uh, makes a difference for the kingdom of God, you've got to grapple with this point. It's God's way in God's time in God's power. It's not God's time in your way, in your power. It's not God's power in God's way, in your time. It's God's way, in God's time, in God's power. And so he outlines it, he goes, wait, don't leave Jerusalem. Okay, and, and I'm going to send you the Spirit. And when the Spirit comes, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And so ultimately, when we do things God's way, in God's time, in God's power, we only have one job to do. And that's to be a witness. That's it, to be a witness. Now, when we hear the term witness, I think our inner American comes up and, and we narrow our focus down of what witnessing means and that witnessing is only about telling people about Jesus, standing up in the corner with a Bible. When we hear about witnessing, we're thinking that the only witnessing that we have to do is, is to share Jesus with other people. And that is important. One of the most overused wrong quotes that is, is, is quoted today uh, by lots of well-meaning Chris, Christians is from St. Assisi's. This is a share the gospel at every opportunity, and only if you have to use words. Which is great. It's a warm feeling. It's all, just let your actions speak. But that's not what Scripture says. It's not all wrong, but it's not all right either. Because Peter says that we should always be ready to give an account of why we believe. We should always be ready to share what we believe. People don't understand what we believe until we speak it out. We can have the best caring program in the world, the best pastoral care in the world, the best helping of people who are in poverty in the world, and it would be nice, and anyone can do it, but it only changes the world when Jesus is involved in his time, his power, and his way. And so... Witnessing has to be far more than just being kind to people and, and just sharing what we know about Jesus, even though those two things are important. 
But what also needs to be is how we live out our kingdom values. How, how you and I live the kingdom values, if you like, outlined in Matthew 5 through to 7, of how we treat each other and treat those people around us, how we embody the Spirit of God within us and we outwork them in our everyday lives. That's why you'll hear me bash up, sorry, not bash up, bash on time and time again about the need to forgive because you have been forgiven, because it's a kingdom value. How your relationship with God is central to everything else that you do, because it's kingdom value. So it's not just about being nice to people, and it's not just about sharing what Jesus is doing, it's about having a lifestyle that lives the way that Christ has shown us to live. That is a witness. And it's also a witness when we display the power of God that God has given us to the world around us. So it's got to be with words, it's got to be with actions, and it's got to be with power. All those three things have got to work together. And those three things only genuinely come into play when then we allow the Holy Spirit to have its way in us. It is the Spirit of God that empowers us. As he says here, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so when we are people who are living in the Spirit's power, God does the work in us and through us and around us. This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians, one of my favorite verses. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body become blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So if you're battling with a sin... Give it to God and ask God to deal with it and keep giving it to him. If you're battling with relationships, then keep bringing the relationships with God and keep stepping into what God wants you to do and keep at it. Because it's God who wants to do it. He doesn't expect you to have more willpower. The only willpower he expects you to do is to keep on coming back into his presence. So I want to just briefly, because we're running out of time, just briefly talk to you about the three areas that Jesus wants us to be a witness in. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And Jerusalem was the spiritual home. It was the temple where... uh, where people came and worshipped God. And, and when Jesus rose from the dead again, and then the Spirit of God came upon us, you and I became the temple of God. His Spirit, His presence, lives in you and I. So when Jesus says, I want you to be a witness in Jerusalem, He is talking about a historical context of that place, but I want to put to you, He's actually saying that you need to be a witness to yourself. 
He wants you to be a witness to yourself. And I have to do this Friday morning. Friday morning, Friday's my day off. Friday Friday morning, I, I got up and I just had a week of doing stuff that didn't give me energy. I had a couple of things that were really exciting. had a some cups of coffee with people, which were really good and stuff like that. But I, I was stuck in meetings all week, which just sucked the energy out of me. And Friday morning, uh, I get up and, and I knew that Kelly wanted to go renovating. <laughs> but every knot in my shoulders was tight. Like, I was just, I was going, if, if I go now, she is not going to enjoy my company the whole day. That was the, that's how I woke up. And nobody wants to wake up that way. And I'm thinking, and so I had to start to witness to myself. Barry, are you going to let this control your day? What does God want for you? What does God want? And so I started to pray and I started to speak into my life and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? What do I need to let go of? Why am I... Why is every fiber of my being just so tense at the moment? Why am I so weak? And I started to witness to myself, what are the promises of God for me? And, 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 and as I was praying that, Kelly was giving me all the non-verbals that she was ready to go. I mean, she's learned not to give me verbals, that she's ready to go, but also, I'm quite intuitive, I pick up all the non-verbals. So she's putting on her shoes and she's rustling keys and I'm going, okay, I get it. But if I don't do this, you are not going to enjoy your husband for the rest of the day because everything is going to go with a groan and a mutt and a grinding of the teeth. And, and so I did. I started to witness to myself and I felt my shoulders start to relax and I started asking the, the presence of God to come and fill me again because I needed it. And I started to feel joy start to come back into my heart again. And then when I could put up with the rustling keys no longer, <laughs> I got up and got dressed and we headed out. They say in, in leadership that the first person that you have to lead is yourself. Scripture says it. If you can't lead yourself and you can't lead your family, then you can't lead the church. What I want to say to you is that, that God wants you to witness to yourself. You've got to take ownership of your own spirituality. And you may have a great preacher that comes and preaches you to you every Sunday. You're the other guy, not me. (laughs) But you've got to own your faith. You've got to witness to yourself. You've got to read scripture for yourself. You've you've got to make it a priority in your heart and your mind and in your life. So the place that it starts is you, the Jerusalem. You've got to witness to yourself. Because it's easy to let your spiritual disciplines go. It's easy to stop praying. It's easy to stop reading the scriptures. We've got more stuff available to us than than all of Christendom of all of time when it comes to knowledge and 
things like that. But if we're not spending time in the presence of God, before God can use us out there, he's going to use us in here. The second is Judah and Samaria. And, and Judah and Samaria, Samaria is the cousins to the Jews. They, 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 the Jews called them half-breeds. They were kind of half the people of Israel, but not fully. And you can see that, that Jesus is going out, Jerusalem is the centre, and then Judea and Samaria is out there. And I, I want to put to you the next place that God wants you to witness to is your family. And you know what? I think they're probably the hardest group to witness to. Because they see all your imperfections and all your flaws. And I think they're also hard to witness to because you see all of theirs as well. And it's really easy to look at their faults and it's really easy to judge their behaviours. And if you've got teenage kids or young adult kids, you can look at them and go, Oh my God, what are you doing with your life? It's easy to judge them. But ultimately our goal is not to judge, but is to be a witness. How are we how are we allowing the Spirit of God to move not just in our lives but in our families' lives? And and the tension comes when our when our kids or our families start living a life contrary to what we believe, and there's a tension there. And, and, and you're going, if I, if I accept them, yet they're doing what I don't want them to do, am I saying yes to what, they, what, what I know they shouldn't be doing? And we can get ourselves all kind of worked up and going, I don't know what I should be doing, but the bottom line is all we're called to do is to be a witness. And our witness is not on keeping moral boundaries. Our witness is how we love and how we bless and how we pray for them. So we we need to be a a people who want to encourage our family through our spiritual disciplines, through our spirituality. We should be praying blessings upon them. We should be asking God to move in their lives. Our home should be evident for the Spirit of God within it. And that can be the greatest witness. I was uh, with a family uh, on Tuesday night and one of the questions that they asked me was, Barry, I'm really worried that my kids aren't going to grow up Christian. I'm really worried about the world and everything that's going on. You know, how, how can, you know, how can I safeguard my kids against falling away from the faith? And I said, well, you can't. Because ultimately the faith is everyone has to make their own decision. I said, I know this. If you're honest about your spirituality, you're honest when you struggle, you invite them into the struggle with you, you display your spirituality, you, you, you invite them to discern God's will for you as a family with you, I said, you've got a great better chance than if you don't. 
And so I want to encourage you to be a witness to your family. I'm still trying to work out how to be a witness to my mum because she doesn't think I've changed since I was nine years old. But uh, I'm still praying for her and uh, believing for her. Lastly, there's the ends of the earth, which is work or your social environment, the people that you hang out with. And how do we be a blessing to them? Well, I just want to encourage you to bless them uh, in words and in prayers. Uh, don't be afraid to pray for people. Uh, one of the things that we did, started doing at Playgroup was we just made a conscious effort that whenever someone told us a need, that we would go, can I pray for you about that now? And even if it's in the middle of prayer group, we'll just stop and we'll put our hands on them and we'll pray. And sometimes it freaks them out. But they've said yes, so it's okay. But it's just about showing that God is real to us and then putting it into practice by wanting to bless them. One of the things that is the greatest joy that we have as Christians is that we have the ability to ask God to change the atmosphere. We don't just have to to, to stay in the environment that we walk into. We can ask God to do something different. We see that in the two jail stories in the book of Acts with Peter and Paul. They've been arrested, they've been bound, they've been put into the prison and they just go, this is not my lot. I'm just going to praise God until he does something. And with Paul and Cyrus, the, ga- the doors fling open and they bring the jail keeper into relationship with God because they didn't allow the circumstances to rule their faith. They let their faith rule their circumstances. And I think that we're called to be Christians of witness to the ends of the earth by bringing a different culture and a different way about us to whatever, wherever we find ourselves. To have one job, to be a witness. Empowered by the Spirit of God. But sometimes I think that we can be like the disciples at the end of this story. Looking up at the sky. Wondering what we should do. Wondering what God wants. And we need to be listening to the two white guys standing next to us. Saying, why are you looking up? Get on and do it. I I believe, and I believe this because I believe it's God's heart, that God wants to bring more and more people into his love and his grace and his kingdom. And for reasons that only God knows, he wants to use you and I in that journey. And I think it's an exciting journey. I've never been bored with my faith. So I want to encourage you this morning.
Do you need to work on you? Do you need to work on your family? Or do you need to work on your, your environment outside of those two? Because God wants to use you in all three. So will you, sta- will you stand with me, please? Now let me pray for you. I just want to, you to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you about one of those three areas. Either yourself, your family, or the wider world. And let God's Spirit speak to you about whether or not you need an injection of power in your spirit in one of those three areas. So just have it in your mind. And let me pray for you. Loving God, I just pray right now for all those people who know that they need to be the witness to themselves first. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, come and remove all the excuses and all the guilt and all the shame and all the things that are stopping them from stepping into your power. And Holy Spirit, come upon them now. Give them a sense of urgency within their heart that you are for them, that you are with them, that you love them and that you want to move them forward. Lord, I pray for those whose families are are such an urgent issue right now. Lord, teach them how to be a blessing to their family. Teach them how to pray for their kids or for their brothers or their sisters or their parents. Lord, help them to not give up hope. And most importantly, Lord, Move them from a place of judging into a place of blessing. Lord, be with them, empower them, encourage them right now. And for those people in the room, Lord, whose workplaces or, or social places, their atmosphere is, is corroding their souls, Lord. Give them the ability to pray and ask you to change the atmosphere of their work or in their social environment. Lord, may they call upon your name and realize that they are your children and that you are with them and that you are for them. Help them, Lord, to be a blessing to those who have no idea of who you are. And help us all, Lord, to be witnesses for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.